Welcome to the Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, Director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Today we're going to be in Mark chapter 16, verses 1 through 8. This is going to be our last devotion in the book of Mark. You're going to want to hear tomorrow's, which is going to be a little bit of a conversation between myself and Pastor Bob Erickson about the long ending of Mark and how we should think about that, given the fact that it is not included in the earliest Greek manuscripts. Let's jump in at verse 1. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. So let's stop right there and touch on a couple important things. First of all, this is Sunday and the Sabbath was Saturday. So during the Sabbath from sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday, the Jewish people, the custom was that they couldn't do anything. And that's why they didn't go and anoint Jesus' body or in a first century context, embalm him with these spices immediately after he was buried. He was buried just as the day of preparation. Friday was coming to an end. Saturday, they had to lay low and observe the Sabbath. And now early on Sunday, they've gotten spices and they're headed to the tomb. Another thing that's remarkable about this text is that Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joses and Salome have been mentioned in each of the last three sections. They were there when Jesus died. They saw where Joseph of Arimathea buried him. And now they're going to anoint his body. And Mark, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit is simply reporting facts as they happened, and the way that he reports them should firm up our belief that his account is historically reliable and true. Why do I say that? Because in the first century, there's a pretty good chance that not many people were going to take the testimony of women very seriously. That's just the reality of how that culture viewed women. So let's imagine, as some skeptics say, that none of this ever happened. Jesus didn't die the way the Bible says, he wasn't buried the way the Bible says, and he wasn't resurrected the way the Bible says. And these gospel writers are just putting together propaganda, which is not true, but they're trying to push this agenda for religious purposes or whatever. If that's the case, Mark would be a complete fool to hang his defense of the most important events in his gospel on the testimony of women. It just wouldn't be as convincing to people in the first century. And so the only conclusion we can draw is that the reason he's putting women as the key witnesses to this testimony is because that's actually how it happened. You wouldn't try to write a persuasive story story and put women at the centerpiece for any other reason, which is actually pretty cool if you think about how God wanted to make sure that this was all accounted for. Christianity these days sometimes gets a bad rap from people who think that women aren't valued or honored the way that they should be. The truth is that God and the scriptures and Jesus Christ have always had a higher view of women than the culture of the day wants to give them. Verse 3, and they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us at the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. By the way, a couple of the Gospels say that there was one man. A couple of the other Gospels say there was two. These, again, are not contradictory. They're just complementary for whatever reason. Mark only references the one. Maybe it's because that's the one who spoke, and the other one didn't speak. Skeptics want to present these differences between the Gospels as contradictory, but they aren't. They're complementary, and it's actually just not that 
hard to imagine why there would be some discrepancy between the accounts. Verse 6, And he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. So you might remember back in chapter 14, verse 28, when Jesus was telling Peter that he was going to deny him. He also said that after I am raised up, I will go before you into Galilee. So the fact that he's telling the women to go tell the disciples and Peter that he's going to Galilee is a fulfillment of that prophecy or him following through on what he said he would do. You remember that the book of Mark is almost certainly the eyewitness testimony of Peter as passed down to Mark. And so I think it's particularly interesting that in this account that Mark would have gotten from Peter, again, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Jesus tells the women to go tell the disciples and Peter. And without taking too much creative license, you might be able to imagine that the reason Peter told the story that way was because of how much it meant to him that Jesus wanted Peter to know about the resurrection, wanted Peter to know that he did what he said he was going to do, and maybe more than anything, wanted to comfort Peter that even though you denied me like I said you would, I've risen like I said I would, and we're good to go. Now we'll see Peter get restored by Jesus in the book of John later on, which kind of builds on this idea. But there's almost no doubt in my mind that Peter being singled out in this text indicates the significance to Peter specifically because of his failure that Jesus' resurrection would have had. Now check out verse 8, and this is the end of the book of Mark as we find it in the earliest manuscripts. you got to tune in to tomorrow's podcast to hear more about the long ending of Mark. But here's verse 8. And they went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Period. Cut. End of sentence. End of book. It just feels like things kind of got cut off right there, and we're waiting for more information, but it's just not there. That's the end of the book of Mark. Just so that nobody gets too alarmed, this is in alignment with the other Gospels. So none of this contradicts anything in the other Gospels. The resurrection is there, plain and clear, and maybe we'll find out in heaven, or maybe we'll never know why the Gospel of Mark ends so abruptly without tying up the loose ends the way that we oftentimes like to have them tied up. At any rate, he is risen, he is alive, sin and death have been defeated, and by faith in Jesus Christ, you and I can have his righteousness, can have the penalty that we owe God for our sin Mark paid. We can be redeemed as sons and daughters of our Creator after this life is over. That's good news. Thanks for tuning in. Have a good day. The Daily Dose is a podcast of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Please subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star rating, share with a friend, and prayerfully consider financially supporting our ministry at christiancrusaders.org, where you can also find our weekly 30-minute radio broadcast, which is aired on stations around the world since 1936, and where you can listen to our Conversations podcast featuring inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. Special thanks to our 2022 Daily Dose sponsor, The Family Leader. God designed three social institutions to shape our lives the family, the church, and government. At The Family Leader, they're bringing all three together to honor God and bless our neighbors. Learn how and join them at thefamilyleader.com. That's thefamilyleader.com. We also want to highlight two ministry partners. First is the Cedar Falls Bible Conference, whose conference videos and schedule events are available at cedarfallsbibleconference.com. And please consider joining us for their 101st annual conference from Saturday, July 30th through Saturday, August 6th in 2022. Second, if you or someone you know could benefit from an anonymous online Christian mentor, please visit issuesiface.com, which is provided by Power to Change Digital Strategies. Thank you for listening, and may God richly bless you.